Well, on this episode of the Smart Marks Wrestling Podcast, we're going to be talking money in the bank. We're going to be talking the SmackDown hacker. We're going to be talking the return of Jeff Hardy, AEW, WWE, all sorts of fun stuff. This is episode 53 of the Smart Marks of Wrestling Podcast, presented by thesportshow.com. Well, another loaded week worth of news to talk about in WWE, AEW, the COVID-19 pandemic, Money in the Bank, SmackDown, Raw, AEW, NXT. I mean, there's just a ton to go through, and we've got a pay-per-view coming this weekend, uh, so we should probably chat about it with um, Brandon, who we bring on as often as we possibly can. Brandon, how you doing, buddy? Doing great. What's going on, man? Not a whole lot. Uh, just trying to wrap my head around Friday SmackDown, the changes of Money in the Bank. They're coming a lot. Um, it's already around the corner. It's still empty arena stuff, but they're shooting at the headquarters for some of this. I mean, there's mm-hmm. there's lots going on here. So we might as well start with, with the Money in the Bank pay-per-view and the news surrounding that pay-per-view because there's a lot of developments in the last you know week and a half. They've been building the card and then on Monday, they changed a bunch of it, and on Friday last night, and we're recording his on Saturday morning, that they added more stuff to it and more stipulations. They just revealed that there's 12 people competing at the same time except instead of two matches of six. Um, so I guess I should ask you before we get into some of the details, what are your thoughts on the pay-per-view so far from what you know, you know, the cinematic style stuff at the headquarters versus the rest of the card versus immediate first reaction thoughts to this pay-per-view? Uh, it doesn't look like a bad card. I think there's only one match that I really don't care about, and that would be Bailey versus Tamina. But I think that's pretty obvious. They're going to be setting that up to do something with uh, Sasha and Bailey, right? You'd assume. Uh, otherwise, yeah. I mean, the, the matches look fine. Like I'm, I'm pretty okay with them. I, I usually love Money in the Bank. It's my favorite pay per view, other than like the Rumble or Mania. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm very content with how it's developing so far. I think they've done a really good job at creating storylines and. Uh, pushing certain people that I'm surprised. Like I didn't expect like the forgotten uh, sons to, for example, to be pushed away being pushed right now. Like a clean win. Yeah. Over they the picked up a big win. On, yeah. They picked up a big win last night on Friday against the new days. So yeah, like, they're being pushed pretty well. And it's like, not like, I don't know. It's being done properly and against proper talent. Like it's not like shame is coming in against jobber after jobber after jobber, you know, and that's not a debut, but you know what I mean? Like he's just playing jobbers every single week just so they don't take away from, like, the I don't want to be disrespected angle. But we've seen people debut before, and it's, like, the Viking Raiders, right? And you're like, well, it's not really impressive because you're fighting Joe Smith and Michael Thomas. Like, well, actually, Michael Thomas is a great wide receiver. So if you beat him in a match, I think it would be publicity. But Yeah, WWE gets this right sometimes, and they screwed up other times. I mean, the first reaction, and we, we're talking about the Forgotten Sons, but they're not even on the Money in the Bank card yet. They probably uh, will be by I the time. I think they are. Well, it's not listed on the match card for the on the website. Okay. So the way that it is right now, Bailey versus Tamita, Braun Strowman versus Wyatt, Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins, the women's Money in the Bank match, the men's Money in the Bank match, but they don't have anything else listed yet. Now we assume that Forgotten Sons will face off with either New Day or Miz and Morrison, or maybe a triple threat tag match between those people. Like we I assume see a that's four-way tag match on the Wikipedia. I see New Day versus Morrison and Miz versus Forgotten Sons versus Lucha House Party. Okay. Well, they had that match, or they, at least they teased that match on SmackDown <laughs> a couple weeks ago, um, and it hasn't officially been listed on the card. But I wouldn't be at all surprised yeah. if that does get added. 
the Forgotten Sons to me immediately reminded me of Sanity when they first got called up, and that okay. was that was screwed up in a major way. Like, and not, no fault to Sanity though, like because all no, we totally just brought so them good. up and had no plan for them. Yeah, this is different in that it looks like they want to do something with the Forgotten Sons, and it's it's nice. But having said that, and admitting what you said was that they're pushing this properly, WWE still isn't always done this right. Like even on Raw. When you see tag teams like Ricochet and Cedric Alexander, they're beating a bunch of nobodies. When you see Sheamus return, he's beating a bunch of nobodies. When you see all these people get their pushes and some of these introductions, they're beating a bunch of nobodies. Or you get Austin Theory, Angel Garza, Andrade losing consistently. So there's no real consistency here in terms of how they're bringing in these new stars. But what we are noticing is at least WWE seems to be trying to introduce new people, build them up, especially on Raw, where there's a lot of talent, but... They're not necessarily household names yet, and most of the household names aren't even on the show. You know, Kevin Owens, Randy Orton, Edge, Brock Lesnar, AJ Styles. None of those guys have been on Raw in the last however many weeks. So it's it's been a constant, you know, Andrade, Angel Garza. Those guys have been on there a lot. Drew McIntyre, obviously, but, you know, so it, there's no real consistency to it, but they're trying. I mean, they're working on something, and whether that's because they're, you know, stuck on what to do with travel issues around this this COVID-19 pandemic, or they've just decided not to use certain people in certain situations. I don't know what the story is, but that's what we're dealing with. But the Money in the Bank pay-per-view, you're right, looks interesting. My question for you is, you said you normally love this pay-per-view. It's one of your favorites. Are you worried at all about the fact that the Money in the Bank part of this, the ladder matches are going to be very different? You, I, can't, I can't even foresee a situation where the ladders come into play until like the last five to ten minutes of the match. Right? Yeah, like how, how do you have ladders on multiple floors? You probably don't, right? So the whole ladder aspect of the Money in the Bank ladder match isn't really going to play a role until the end. And I would assume that's probably what you loved about the matches prior to, no? I like the, I guess it's the match itself, but also just the stakes that are there, you know? Yeah. The, uh, it, it's more than just the, the match itself, which is usually incredible, whether it's a WrestleMania version or it's the, the pay-per-view iteration that's taken, you know, the last, what, 10 years. Uh, it's great. But I think it's more the implication. And you have so many people. Like in this match, you have what? Brian Mysterio, Black, Corbin, Otis, and Styles. Are those the names in there? It's well, kind of a. We, we think Styles, yeah. That's the that's the whispers right now. Is that that's not been officially done. Apollo Cruz is out because of a knee injury. Yeah. There's supposed to be a last man or whatever they call it, gauntlet match on Raw this week. But the rumors are that Styles is the one coming back and that he's mm-hmm. going to be worked into that. Um, so it's none of that because there are, there are multiple names in there that I think are being pushed enough that could win it. A lot of the times I watch it, I'm hoping that it's going to be names that if people like if you look at the SmackDown one for example, this is a better example than the Raw one. Oscar, Shayna, Lacey Evans, the three of them definitely deserve it. So right away you have three legitimate contenders who are like you're like, well, one of these people is going to get a push, and ideally, you know, we've seen most of them at least most of the winners going to win the championship. Uh, to your point, the match is going to be a lot different this year, and I think it's going to be interesting. I'm actually more excited for it now than usual, which Ooh. might seem different, but or like weird. But I think that if they do it properly, which they haven't really messed up these weird circumstance matches yet, I'm interested to see what they do with the, like the climbing up to what the building kind of deal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the roof looks really cool from the videos and the pictures that they've done. They've really gone all out. They've got the crane hanging both. And I knew something was up when they had both briefcases hanging there at the same time. It hadn't been officially mentioned that this was all going to happen together simultaneously. None of that was. But why would you have two briefcases hanging above the ring? I was like, 
that seems like a strange picture. Yet every image they show has two briefcases. So I is thought, it just the men or the women's? Well, basically, what they announced on Friday Night SmackDown is that both matches are happening at the exact same time. So, oh, I didn't even realize that. I yeah, the men's that. six men are fighting at the same time as the women's match, and it's going to be chaos all the way up to the roof. All of I mean, this opens up so many possibilities. It opens up, you know, the idea that maybe Nia Jax is just going to cream King Corbin or something. You don't know, right? Like, there's just yeah, they've never done it this way before. It's going to be chaotic. Now it's all been pre-taped already, so it's already been filmed. It's already mm-hmm. over. So they they're going to post-produce a snot out of this thing. So it'll be interesting. There'll be tons of spots. I mean, Daniel Bryan teased on Friday that, you know, we're going to fir- learn for sure if the rumors of Vince McMahon having dinosaur bones in his office are true. I mean, that teases to me that they're going all over the building. Like, they're going to go everywhere from offices to, you know, maybe the bay, loading bay area to the roof to who knows where they're going to go. And they're going to wreck a lot of and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. the elevator, he's like, can I just take the elevator all the way up to the top <laughs> floor? Like, they're going to do that too, right? Like, and it's all going to be like, tell me there's not going to be a moment where you know, a woman and a man get stuck in an elevator together and they're going to be looking at each other like, should we fight? Should we not fight? Like, what happens here? Are they just going to mm-hmm. be like in a movie where there's chaos going around them and then they're very calm inside the elevator? Like, who knows? And then you've got the Nia Jax and Otis aspect of it, both of whom might have issues climbing a ladder. Like, who knows how this is going to go? So it's going to be nuts. And it should be fun to watch, even if it's a train wreck. Yeah, I must have missed, because I, mean, I watched throughout all of SmackDown, but I, I skipped through... Um, like I, I skip through certain segments. Uh, I don't watch them in entirety because I, I don't. I mean, I'm not gonna watch the full two hours or three hours, especially for Raw. I skip a lot more what? Raw than SmackDown. You're not I gonna don't... watch the whole show? Yeah, no. <laughs> if it was two hours, I could, I could maybe be more uh, accepting of it. But right now, it, it's just so weirdly done because the uh, like even when you had, I mean, we'll talk about it at some point. But Triple H's celebration a few weeks ago, like you had like Cole and and uh graves like waving to triple h because they were there as well and like that's very clearly like rehearsed and written and like i i know it's all rehearsed and written but it's just it's weird when it's done like that so sometimes i just skip through it because i'm like i don't need to hear the random plug for a sponsor that's an important detail i missed though so that's well, good yeah, yeah yes you missed a very <laughs> important part of it like daniel bryan opened the show talking about the uniqueness of the match and then wanting retribution for Drew Gulak. And he mentioned that they would, there would be 12 people competing at the same time. So social media went nuts. They're like, what does that mean? So it was right at the beginning. Okay. Yeah. Uh, But then they, so everybody was wondering what that meant. Did when he said 12, was that a screw up? Did he really mean 12 people were fighting at the same time? And then, then later in the show, Michael Cole and Corey Graves announced that both matches would be happening simultaneously. Okay. So they confirmed it officially that that is what's going on. So that was one of the, the big takeaways from last night. Um, but so it should be very interesting. And they pre-recorded that. Now, I don't know if they pre-recorded other matches or if it was just that one. And if the other matches are going to be taking place live out of the performance center and just that one was recorded. Um, I'm not really sure exactly how that's all going to work, but it's uh, it's going to be interesting. What do you make of the Bobby? Uh, sorry, not Bobby, but uh, Apollo Crews angle. He got heavily pushed on Raw this past week. He got a big win in the in the tag match and then almost beat Andrade for the U.S. title, and now he's out of the match. We have to assume that this is a storyline. This is not a legit injury, that they're right. doing this on purpose, but why? Like, what are they thinking? Well, we, don't, we want Apollo Crews in there, but we don't want him to lose the match, so let's do something else with him, give him the push, have somebody else win, save him, do something else. But like, I was all for it until I saw him crying, and then I was like, well, what's the story with that? Not that it's bad to cry, but I'm like... What what's going on there? Like they have him built up, built up, built up, push, and now he's bawling his eyes out because he's not going to be in the match. I'd like, 
That was a weird take. You no, know, I, I'm, I agree with it because if you have like, I mean, countless times I've seen NFL players getting carted off and they're just crying, right? So if you notice like a bad injury, like you cry because like it, it, I don't know, it just resonates with you, um, like the emotional hitting you. So I think they're trying to just get everyone emotionally behind Apollo Crews, which I mean, I, I'm all for because it's about time they start using him. Well, he definitely deserves something. It'll be interesting. Even if the guys see. can't talk, just give someone. I don't understand why they don't use more mic pieces. Like managers used to be such a common thing, and now people just don't get a push because they can't speak. Well, and you don't, I don't even know that it's the fact that Apollo Crews can't speak. I mean, he hasn't really been given an opportunity to speak, right? Like, look, one of the people who hadn't been given an opportunity, who I think is knocking it out of the park, is Sonia Deville. Yes. She has been so good, like this week and last week. And who would have known that before last week that she could talk, right? Because she never got a chance. Mm-hmm. But now she's one of the best promos on the last four weeks worth of shows. And I was like, wow, she's really good. Even subtle. Like, I don't know if you were, I, well, you were skipping over and I assume you weren't because Dolph Ziggler is your favorite. Um, yeah. but the backstage promo with Dolph Ziggler, when he was hatching his plan to, you know, win the briefcase and then win Manny Rose back, Sonia Deville didn't say much of anything, but her reactions and her facial expressions and all that stuff while Dolph Ziggler is talking about his plan, she was spot on. She was mm-hmm. so good. And I was like, geez, that's subtle, but so effective. And there are other people like her in the company. I swear to God, they gotta be right. How do you know that? I would say a lot of them are like that. Yeah, but how do you know Apollo Cruz isn't one of those guys? So maybe they're finally going to give him a chance to to talk too. Well, the only reason I would assume he is is because they haven't given him this opportunity. So what what other reason would there be other than this? Then again, EC3 we know can speak on the mic and had the same like physique as Apollo Cruz. Well, and and that goes back to Sonya Deville too. I mean, she's been in WWE for what three years now? It might even be right. Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan. Yeah. She has it. You can tell she has it, but she's Cedric not. Alexander. She's not getting the chance to use it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I have no idea if Cedric Alexander has it or not. I've never seen him talk. Right? But, but man, he's good in the ring. Oh yeah, for <laughs> sure. I mean, him, him, and Ricochet are fun to watch. That's for sure. Um, but we'll see. You know, I guess we should probably move on from the ladder match and talk a little bit about you know some of these other matches. Um, what's your take on Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt? We talked about it last week that we believe that they're painting him into the corner here. Um, that Bray Wyatt's probably going to win the title and Strowman's yeah. just a placeholder here. Um, the development on Friday, which was basically he's reading this black sheep story to him and talking about how he left the family and it was it made Wyatt distraught. And he didn't want to play. It's there were very still sim- jokes in there too. Like yeah. he, he put some jokes in, even in like that. He's really Bray Wyatt's incredible. Like he's yeah. so good. And this storyline does a really good job at keeping Braun Strowman off the mic for as much as you can. Not that he's bad on the mic. I think he's fine. He does as, as good a job as he needs to do for a giant, obviously. But this is a great job at making... Like, you, you look at Bray Wyatt, and you let him do all the talking. And then you put the camera on Braun Strowman. All he has to do is react, right? All he has to do is react and look scared or look puzzled or look whatever it is. And they're doing it perfectly. Bray Wyatt is the, the perfect counter to anyone's, like, promo. Because he's so good by himself. Well, and it's I very simple. It there's, nothing, there's nothing to this. It's just kind of like... Okay, let's revisit the idea that you were part of my family and you left. Now I'm mad. I'm going to teach and, you a lesson. And they're yeah. framing that around this black sheep storyline, which is and we're going to rewrite history again, which he just did with John Cena, is what he's like going for, right? Yeah, I, which, there hasn't the been way, any indication. Let me rewrite some history. A, re- a racist history writes history. That was a few weeks ago. That was the funniest thing. <laughs> well, and, and there's been no indication from WWE either way what kind of match is going to be. Right, like we assume it's just going to be a regular match, and they're not going right back to a Firefly Funhouse match here. But we don't know we that. We also assume sure. it's the Fiend. We don't really know it's the Fiend, do we? I don't. 
it says Bray Wyatt on right. the that, Universal that Championship match point. preview, which I assume means it is not the Fiend, because typically they would say that, right? Yeah. They would either put Bray Wyatt the Fiend or just the Fiend, and the previews and match graphics would show the Fiend, and so far that hasn't happened. So I think it's Bray Wyatt. Which, but that seems so weird to me. Well, it could. It's going to yeah. set up a longer storyline, I guess. Well, hopefully, because I hate the idea of having, like, do I think Braun Strowman's the ideal Universal Champion? No, probably not. But do I think he needs to lose it already? Absolutely not. I agree. Right? Like, he might not have supposed to be there, and that's a fill-in for Reigns, and he turned out to be like, great, whatever. But don't put him in a match where he loses it immediately. So well, if he's wrestling Wyatt, maybe he won't. You would have The Fiend losing it, so Goldberg has the title, then he immediately loses it to Strowman, who then immediately loses it back to The Fiend, and then you're thought, left thinking, why did we take it off The Fiend in the first place? Well, I that's know, what again, it looks like, like they're the, doing. The Roman right? Reigns issue obviously occurred, and they have to work around it. But you, at some point, you can't just say, like, well, let's just double back and, and give him the title back. You have to adapt the storyline, and you've got to change it. Can't You can't just say, well, hopefully they didn't notice. Because everyone noticed. Yeah. Yeah, well, maybe they're going to do something creative here. If it's Strowman and Wyatt, and Strowman beats the tar out of Wyatt, when they don't really even have a finish, maybe there's not a pin, or maybe there is, I don't know. But when people battle Wyatt, he doesn't tend to do all that well. Like Seth Rollins beat the crap out of him, you know, stuff like that, right? So he doesn't, he's not the tougher of the two people. So mm-hmm. maybe Strowman just has his way with Wyatt and they continue this program until The Fiend decides to wrestle. But I don't know if that's what they're doing or not. The uh, Seth Rollins stuff um, I love has, it. Been, has been very interesting. I like his character a lot. Murphy's now back with him. Uh, still no. Um, AOP because of the injury situation. Yeah. But do you like what they're doing with McIntyre here? Like that he's been constantly in the same situation with these guys, uh, fighting the same people week after week, kind of joking around, kind of not. He dropped an S-bomb on the show on Monday. Like his character is a little bit back and forth. Sometimes he's goofy. Sometimes he's serious. Sometimes he's a little crazy. Um, What do you think they're trying to do with him? I don't know. I'm just, I'm okay with that, I guess. Uh, I think he's great. I think he's re- I think he's funny, right? Throughout all of it, he's been funny, at the very least. And uh, he's winning in convincing fashion. I'm not crazy about like the countdown for the Claymore. It was a nice little moment, but now that it becomes such a... It's like any other move that's pre-rehearsed. It's just not good. It's a move that can come out of nowhere. It's the RKO, it's the stomp. So use it like the RKO or the stomp, where you're not expecting it. It's not built up. right? Like a super kick's awesome. The Sweet music's the exception. Where the wind yeah, up I was just going to say, cool. that's what this is. This is sweet chin music, right? Like yeah. the stomping of five, four or five times before he, do, before he does yeah. it. Or like the DDT where Jake used to spin his finger in the air or whatever, right? Like people have done this for a long time. Mm-hmm. But what you're saying is you don't love it on McIntyre. Yeah, no. I mean, it's, it was fine. And every now and again, it's fine. And I guess it was good to get the crowd behind him. I also, I don't know. It, I, I'm kind of like hot and cold on it I, it depends on when it's done and how it's done right now it doesn't really matter because there's no crowd so <laughs> that doesn't really okay make a difference. well there's a good transition we should probably move on from that and get into the whole no crowd crowd thing because there's a new development here this week from florida ron DeSantis is their governor he's kind of been talking about florida's plan to move towards you know having economy back up and running and businesses operating and maybe fans back in sports arena and there has been a report that as early as even next week, WWE and AEW, both of whom are operating out of Florida right now, could have fans back in the building. Now, 
asterisk or the caveat here is that they won't be a full arena. It's like 25% capacity of what that arena can hold. They'll have to still do their social distancing. So fans will be six to eight feet apart. It'll just and, be at like full sale, I assume, right? Sorry. It would just be at full sale still. Yeah. What I like an NXT crowd. Well, anything in, anything in, uh, you know, Florida is, is a go. Right. I guess so, so. So you can travel around like. So they could do full well, sale. They to, could do the performance center. They could do whatever. You have to book around. You can't just like book arenas. Like that would be a difficult thing to do. Well, you could, but why would you? It's also right. such short notice. Like I don't know. It, and like, what if you start booking like five shows and then all of a sudden, like four weeks in, everywhere else is open? I guess you could still just. Put, I don't know. It, I don't think there should be a crowd. I don't. Yeah. Think well, that's what I was going to ask you. It's still too <laughs> just, early. Like it's way too early. Way yeah, too early. There, I get the idea that you know you would like to have fans back, but I'm not even sure that being allowed to have fans back means that WWE will have fans back or AEW. Like mm-hmm. AEW seems like they might do it because they're already popping wrestlers in the crowd like crazy, so right. maybe they'll do it. But WWE, that's a you know just because you can doesn't mean you should, right? Like that's a pretty big risk. If something were to happen and a wrestler got sick because a fan was sick, or another fan got sick because a fan was sick, and Whatever it's like, there's a there's weighing that line between being a leader and getting people back up and running and getting fans in your show again, and then doing something too quickly and being blamed for part of what could go backwards again, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know what I would do if I was them. I'm not sure that I would because I understand the ratings are dropping. They don't like not having fans. It's a weird situation, but when you put only 25% of the fan in, say, the performance center, which might hold what, 200 people? Yeah, like, I mean, maybe. maybe. So yeah. you're talking about 50 people. It's, it's, yeah, 200 people still seems like a lot, actually. There's really not a lot of seats. It's like uh, small blushes on both sides. Yeah, but if you look at the crowd, the way they had the seats set up when they first started doing those empty arenas, I would have to assume there's at least 75 chairs on every side. Right, but can you fill all those seats because they're so no, close to each other? No, but that's what I'm saying, right? Like, if you're only 25%, you're, you're spreading it out. Even if you put them on the hard camera side where people will see them, you're still showing mostly the ramp, and you're still showing fans every six feet apart or so. And you're getting more point, atmosphere even, noise than you are getting people on camera. And even you know on the I mean? hard camp side, it won't look great because you're going to have sp- six feet between all of them. Like, it'll just look awkward. Yeah. And it just seems like, and then who do you put in there? Like, do you just let any fan that shows up come in? Or do you take you their temperature? Or do you, call, yeah. <laughs> do you call your super fans? Because the WWE's got, like, at least a dozen of them. Right, people that are at every show, the guy in the green shirt, and the guy with the Undertaker response, and the guy, you know, all those guys are around. Do you just call them because you trust them? I like, mean, you who do you put in the crowd? Right, it's crazy. This is even a conversation. Like, yeah. I can't believe that they're having because, again, like you said, the whole point of this isn't well. You can't go outside because you can't. It's you can't because you're trying to limit exposure to people so that we can get back to you know a normal reality faster. So why would you immediately step backwards? Like, if you can just keep going forwards. Yeah. Well, and they're not going to make money. You know what I mean? No, like, exactly. So at what's the best, the point? charging tickets for fifty people. You know, what's the risk versus the reward, right? The maybe ratings go up a little bit. I don't know. I mean, would they even go up a bit? I, I guess don't know. The first show. I would. mean, Vince, Vince and other people have said these shows are so different. That could be part of the reason the ratings are down. But, you know, the ratings have always been going down, though, like more consistently than not, they go down. Right. That's just the reality. of, And this has been a year, like years and years and years. Yeah. Like it's yeah, new rate, ratings aren't what they were during the Attitude Era or the Monday Night War or any of that stuff. But ratings have significantly dropped in the last month because of this pandemic when people thought that they might go up because they're starving for content, 
right? Which is a kind of a shock. And so people are kind of like, well, what's going on here? Like, why is it so bad? Even AEW's ratings are terrible. Yeah. Right. Um, I, so, it's, it, not, not the markets and and ratings and nothing is reacting the way they're you know quote unquote supposed to, which is also why people are so like weirded out by this because they're certain, supposed to be like you even learn in school for like markets and how like markets react to like in a source of like or in situations of chaos or anarchy and something like this like you think okay this is how the market reacts not at all what's been going on which is crazy because like well what did I learn this for and I would assume anyone that's in broadcasting and like network stuff they, they probably also have the same kind of mindset of well this is how things are supposed to go and this situation is supposed to go up because what else are people doing there's also no sports right so <laughs> you figure you'd get like everyone back into the show at the same time you also have to hit out of the park every time you put on a show because if you get one person watching for the first time in 10 years and your show's kind of boring, why would they stay? They're like, ah, whatever. I can just go watch Netflix or Hulu or whatever, Disney+. Plus. Yeah, so and I, I, watch the I assume that's why Vince has decided that these mini-movies and these cinematic... This, he's going to do these. Like, yeah. He's good. got to figure... Well, and they're not everybody's cup of tea, but they're interesting. And if I nothing like else, they're, different they're, they're, they're totally different, right? Yeah. Which... It's gets people refreshing. going. What the? This is not what I watched twenty years ago. Like, what is this? And, and then maybe, will always maybe watch those matches. They'll always watch the crazy yeah. stipulation ones. Even like if that. they hate them, right? Yeah. Even they'll if the Brian the Alvarez's or the Dave Meltzer's of the world can't stand them, they still will watch them. Yeah. And they'll talk about them you all the time because, well, yeah, and uh, people want to know the reaction, right? And people want to see what what's going Because like yeah. maybe they'll do better, maybe they'll do worse. After watching the Boneyard match and watching the Firefly Funhouse match, of course you're going to watch those kind of things again. You watch the Hardy compound match, you're like, well, it was really good in TNA. It was like, okay, when the, the wife did their compound match. You always want to look and see how these companies are going to do these crazy outlandish, you know, otherworldly matches. And so far, WWE's done a pretty good job. I think they've learned from their mistakes in the past. Like the the Wyatt versus uh, Orton match was like the worst thing we've seen. And everyone was like, well, what could it possibly be? Also, we did talk about this. The uh, the Cena versus uh, Wyatt match, the Firefly Funhouse match, mm-hmm. there were no mirrors. Wait, was there a mirror, though, in general? There might have been a regular mirror, but I wanted a bunch of mirrors, remember? <laughs> oh, like that was your prediction? What you thought yeah, you might that, that was like my a, one. Like a, fu- a mirror funhouse sort of thing? Yeah. yeah. I was like, if well, I it wasn't mirrors, at all. It wasn't at all what most people thought it was going to be. It wasn't really even a fun house. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't a haunted yeah. house. It wasn't an old dilapidated cabin. It wasn't a you know mirrors or it, it was an amaze it was nothing it was just a black curtained ring with, next year there's going to be mirrors well have you heard <laughs> have you heard this story from jeff hardy yeah i think he wants like a similar he wants something crazier doesn't he with yeah that. well he was just on the after the bell podcast with Corey graves now he's going to be working a program with seamus so we've seen that over the last few weeks he's coming back next week and it looks as though Seamus and him will have a program of some kind, which I hate, by the way, because I think someone's got to lose that. And who do you have lose it? Doesn't yeah, make sense to have Seamus because he's just having a program built up. And Hardy's not losing because he sure just are built to them. Well, for the last four weeks, all Seamus has done is talk about Hardy. Yeah, right. That's, fair. That, I mean, <laughs> that's what they're building towards. And even on Friday, he said, "Oh, Jeff Hardy will be back next week." Well, so will I, and he's coming to target Jeff Hardy. So they're they're doing something. Whether it's an actual match or just he's going to attack him or whatever, they're they're they've put those two together. But Hardy said to Corey Graves on After the Bell that he wants he wanted his return to be against Wyatt and he wanted a cinematic match and he talked about what he wanted to have happen, which was that Wyatt would drag him under the ring and under the ring was actually a separate dimension and that it was called the Twilight Zone instead of the Twilight Zone. Uh-huh. 
and he would pull him into this world, this alternate universe, and do all these crazy things to him. And then when Jeff Hardy finally woke up from all of this, he'd be standing in the funhouse next to a black and white TV. Like, it was really weird. Like, it was a strange kind of, this is what he envisioned that match looking like, which would have been really cool to watch. And they'll probably do it. At some point, they'll probably do a version of that. Yeah, I mean, Jeff Hardy is not getting guy. Well, he's getting a push. He's had that experience. Wyatt would love to do it. They're, they talked about Jeff Hardy maybe being the guy before Braun Strowman was chosen, so they have clearly a plan for him, and it's it's big, whatever it is. So if Wyatt ends up winning the title at some point and Hardy goes into a program with him because Wyatt is supposed to be the heel, according to Vince McMahon, that makes a lot of true. sense, right? You've got Hardy as your face, you've got Wyatt as your heel, and you can have this match, and people would be like, this is cool. But, you know, I it's interesting, right? Like, a guy's already thinking about this stuff. Like, Hardy's got an idea in his head. You know Wyatt wants to do another one. Big Show's come out and said he'd love to do one with him. Right, like these guys are thinking about it, and they're like, "Yeah, please." Mick, I mean, the moment the moment the Boneyard match happened, Mick Foley went on social media. He's like, "Can I yeah. be in it, please? He's like, please, like, man, can I be in next yeah. year's Boneyard?" He asked. He's like, "Can I do this next year, please?" I'd love to this do is this. Awesome. Right? Like, and that's a retired guy saying, "Hey, this is fantastic." Well, and, and and it makes total sense because you can do so many things with these guys you can't do in a regular match. Like you can, I would be sad to miss the entrances, but you could finally have Sting and Undertaker. And you yeah. do whatever you want. But you would miss the grand entrances and the pop from the two just standing face to face with the crowd reacting and all that. So that would be a downer for me on that respect. But I'd still love to see that match. Right. And you maybe could have the reaction if, if this well, comes to be where fans are back in the building. Yeah, they can still do their build up to the match where these two are in the ring at the same time and people go ape crap over it, you know. And then they finally have the match on the pay per view after you've already had those those pops and stuff. I guess you could do that, but, but they yeah, still like, like, just, even st- like styles came in with the, in the casket and taker came in on the bike. Like they still did entrances. It yeah. There's, just no, there's no reaction. The entrances would be cool. Well, there's no crowd. Fan- yeah. Well, that's what I mean. But by the time that maybe if WWE has learned that they can do these crowd or not, right. And that people will like them, then they might just keep doing them. Right. Yeah, and saying. they might, so you them- basically you show it. You already obviously pre-tape it but you would show it live on a card and then you have the crowd react to it live. But yeah. th- would a crowd reaction make it worse? I don't uh, know. I don't know. But I still want, if Sting and Undertaker ever happen, I still want that moment where they're standing face to face and you get an actual live entrance in an arena full of people. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be the night they do the match, but I still need that. Like That's the most exciting part of those two being in a ring together. Right now, having said that, Undertaker's not even the dead man anymore. That's what so I was going to say. Like, it's not he's not the dead man, so does it really even matter? It, not well, he as isn't. Much. He isn't. Like, he's he's Mark Calloway at this point. Yeah, yeah. Hard to know, but anyway, the idea here is that these matches are existing, that people are thinking about them, that they're going to do this kind of stuff, and that people are talking. And we don't know until they tell us otherwise which match we're going to see, which is kind of fun, right? Like, I don't, don't... Even know that I want them to do more of them. Like, well, more, I, like, want to more. I just don't want to overdo it. That's what I'm saying. I would like to see different versions of like special matches and stuff, but I don't need to see a gimmick match every pay per view, and I don't need to see the same gimmick matches every pay per view. So sure. don't don't overdo it. Yeah, I mean, and these gimmick matches are these cinematic matches, and they go way back. You know, like Goldust and Roddy Piper had one into WrestleMania years and years ago. Yeah, right. Like they they post produced that one because. There was a scene where Roddy Piper's or Goldust is driving away in a Bronco, just like OJ Simpson did. Yeah. Like 
that, huh. that wasn't live. <laughs> like, like you these sure? things have. Yeah, <laughs> actually, they took the footage going on forever. It was weird. They took his That's footage right. and the footage. they probably just put the OJ scene back. Yeah, just looks very familiar. That's right. Pull over a bunch of cars. Clowns get out the back. Yeah, like. Yes, there's all sorts of cool stuff going on here. Okay, so we've talked about that. We've talked about SmackDown. We should probably cover this hacker guy, the message. Maybe not even a guy. Could be a girl. His or her. Them. They. We don't really know. Yeah. What's your take on the hacker stuff? I love it. I I think it's creative. I don't know why WWE doesn't do more of this stuff. Even if they don't know what they're doing with it yet. Like if this is way back to the GTV stuff and they had no plan for that, but they're still doing it anyway. Cool. I mean, it's interesting. It's two different. times that they've oh. done something like this because Jericho has debuted or re-debuted. So yeah. like, <laughs> maybe they're just like holding out hope that one day he's caught. Yeah, this is gonna go on for two and a half more years, <laughs> and eventually Jericho is gonna you know come back to the company. No, I, I mean the the speculation is that it's any combination of Mustafa Ali, Xavier Woods, Chad Gable. Um, the latest news is that he's got his own Twitter account now. So yeah. he's got the message on Twitter and he's posting videos now. So not only is he interrupting the show, which he didn't do on Friday, but he posted a video immediately following SmackDown with a loading graphic. And then I don't know if you saw this or not, but after the loading graphic came, it flashed like a subliminal message. that said, you just something I just successfully wasted 10 seconds of your time or something. But the word successfully was spelled wrong. It was missing oh, an L. Yeah. Now, I don't know. If, I have to assume that's on purpose. Right, like you wouldn't think that they would go out with a misspelling word of successfully. So I don't know what that means. And they keep changing the the title or the description on the account, and they put in these GPS locations and coordinates. The first one was uh, Truth of Consequences, New Mexico. Now it's Last Chance Cemetery, Iowa. Like they they change these. There's just subtle little things, which I love. Right, like it's it makes you think, even if it means absolutely nothing, and they're just toying with you. You, you just can't help but kind of try to put pieces together and play yeah. with it and stuff. Okay. Like, are, are you entertained by it? Are you looking forward to it? Do you think it's going to be a total letdown? Or are you like, this could be actually pretty cool? <laughs> I mean, half of the time it's Chris Jericho, and the other half of the time it's a letdown, right? So I don't, <laughs> I don't know what to make of it. I enjoy it. I'm just hoping that it actually pans out and pays off for something good. And then once it pays off and we find out what it actually is, that they don't just ruin it in a month. Yeah. Well, I mean... It's very possible. I mean, both companies do it. Like, I I absolutely 100% believe that AEW has just totally screwed over the Dark Order. I agree. Like, this Luke Harper stuff is garbage. It's uh, absolute Mr. total Brody garbage. Lee. Yeah, Brody <laughs> Lee. You know what I mean? Like, Mr. it's terrible. It's, and it was, I don't know if it's because they decided to make it a spoof on Vince McMahon, or they just yeah, didn't know what I to do with him, have. and the big reveal was that it was him, and then they didn't know where to go with it. Like, it's just awful. And... That was that had such. We were excited story. about that from the get go. I know you oh were super God. excited about it. It had so much it. potential, right? Because factions are great. Was, yeah, but they killed it, yep. right? So any company can do it. We're not saying. Oh no, 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 for sure. Yeah. So there's possible that this this hacker Just thing could go sideways, but happens to do it more than others. Well, <laughs> you you have to wonder what happens if it's revealed. Like, actually, so I'll much of a secret that. after he's revealed. Aces and eights was super cool in TNA. Until mm-hmm. it wasn't, because everyone was in Aces and Eights. It was very, like, WCW. Like yeah. Yeah, exactly. NW, right? Coolest coolest faction probably in history. Except and got it wasn't water, watered down within two years. Yeah. Like, the Shield was cool. Evolution was cool. DX was cool. Um, but it's, you can easily miss on stuff like that. Like, it's it's definitely hit or miss. I think it, 
and, and like we've said before, the crowd is so fickle with certain things that it, it's almost impossible because who are you trying to, you know, if you, if you make 20% of the people happy, that's still a pretty good percentage of people, but 80% of the people are mad. But you're like, well, we have 20% of people that, that are happy with this, so like, we're too, obviously that's a pretty good percentage of people if you're talking about millions of fans. So, yeah. But then it's still like, well, most people are upset about this. Like, yeah, well, we have to do what we have to do. If we know we can get this many people happy, we're going to go for the majority of people being happy versus... Because um, you, you could do even worse than that, right? Well, I do, I do kind of like the idea. One of the pluses of not having fans in the arena is that they can't hijack a show. Yes, I agree. And the NXT fans don't do that, but WWE fans very much do. If you know, like, you know, I don't yeah. know if that makes sense. Well, and, yeah, and AEW fans seem to go the other way. They're like where they love everything, even yeah. if it's crap. Definitely right? like, marks. <laughs> well, because they're just so busy supporting AEW and everything. AEW. Are the same. Yeah, yeah, like they just they'll put up with a total horse crap storyline or idea or a terrible match or a super referee botch. They'll they'll deal with all that stuff because it's AEW and they need to support AEW. Whereas WWE's already been and is the biggest ticket in town for wrestling, so now you can just trash the crap out of them every time they make a mistake. And yeah, they make a lot of mistakes. Like it's, but that's they also what release focus. a lot of content though. Sure, yeah, <laughs> like so so much. Right, is the odds of picking some bad ideas go up exponentially when you do this much? But yeah, you're never gonna please everybody all the time. You can just hope to please most of the people most of the time, and that's kind of what WWE is doing, but they can at least do what they think is right now because and, the, fan, the fans aren't telling them. The only thing that can guide what they're doing is ratings at this point, and that's even hard to read because who knows how realistic it, like you said, who knows how accurate these ratings are with what's going on. Yeah, and, and I mean, they've called, they called it out during Triple H's, we mentioned it before as well, the Triple H celebration, they called out, this man specifically, called out like three, four, or five like bad angles that obviously he wrote and he created, he didn't write at least, but he create, pushed and like said like, obviously we know that he has a big hand in everything that goes on in the show. He mentioned like so many different things like the gobbledygooker and Katie Vick and, and this is your life and stuff and it's like, wow, this at least they're acknowledging that yeah, they mess up a lot of stuff. Well, yeah, yeah, some of it is and you know why he's doing it, right? Like the Katie Vick stuff is shock value. Well, what else can we do? Right. This is a time where Val Venus is running around like crazy and Edge and Leader having, you know what, in the ring. Like, yeah. yeah, they're doing all this stuff. So it's Katie Vick's not that far out there. Right. Like, so it was terrible. It's just like it was, the, it's the furthest one of the bunch. So I think as we will talk about it more than anything. Yeah, it was just it was there was like, how do we cross the line? Oh, we haven't really crossed the line. Oops, we crossed the line. Like that was yeah. the. That was the moment they realized, oh, it is possible to go too far, right? And they like, wanted they've done, they've had so many things where it's like they want to push the limits even more sometimes, and then they don't. And you're like, wow, it's a really good thing you didn't. <laughs> yeah, like the whole idea of Vince McMahon and Stephanie McMahon being together, yeah, like that was absurd. a legitimate angle they were going to do. That's absurd. Right? Like, how do yeah. how many people have to say no before he finally thinks, you know what, maybe no. Like it wasn't just one person. It had just to be the idea people. that he would do, have an incest angle of any kind. It's like what? Yeah, Why would you, you think about? that? You were a billion-dollar company. And why would you even want to act that? Like, yeah. well, at some point, it gets to a point where you, more than you can't follow through with it, right? Like, it's just creepy, right? It's all that stuff. But, like, the gobbledygooker thing, I get it. But that part was, of the reason I, that I wasn't, that, like, that wasn't, obviously, like, during my lifetime that I can, like, speak on. But I don't know if you, like, remember the gobbledygooker oh, yeah. stuff. Oh, yeah. So disappointing, yeah. right? Vividly. 
Yeah, I can tell you exactly when I can. Yeah, it was good. I was super excited about it. I'm like, oh, man, what's that? Like, what's in the egg? Right. Like it was weird that it was an egg, but it was Thanksgiving and Survivor Series always happened around Thanksgiving. So you kind of like, OK, well, that's sort of I get it. The turkey aspect of the gobbledygooker again makes sense because it's Thanksgiving. So that's what he's thinking when he does it. And the idea of a mystery being somewhere in there, who's going to pop out, what's going to happen. That's what WWE did back then. You know, half of the Survivor Series matches didn't have certain members involved in them because they always had a surprise entrance on one of the teams. Hence, The Undertaker, who debuted on the same show and it popped huge. Well, the gobbledygooker thing was going to be a flop after that. Like, it was guaranteed. Everybody loved The Undertaker. There's no way the gobbledygooker is going to be as good. That it was a turkey that popped out of there or a bird was even worse. But I, I was totally excited about what was in there. Like, I was like, I remember... I mean, it was different back then because there were no pay-per-views. It was like closed caption video that you could buy and rent from your stores. But I do remember reading in the magazines and them talking about it. And on the one weekly show they had, like I talked about it all the time. So I was super excited about it. But, you know, it was a total letdown. But I get why I did it. It just didn't work. Yeah. Right. The Katie Vick stuff is, was a terrible idea. And the Bailey It's Your Life thing was happening only because... The Rock McFoley, it's your life thing works so well. Yeah, the highest when, rated segment like when history, Vince right? thought it was going to flop and was mad it ran over so long, and then it was a huge success. They figured, well, Sam, we should be able to do this again. Yeah, you know. but it's Rock and McFoley versus. I'm not right. saying Bailey and Alexa Bliss shouldn't get, but you're talking about two absolute legends versus two very talented people to their credit. Yeah. Well, who at, who also at that time were not afraid to do whatever they wanted to do. Yeah, right. Like they didn't care that they and ran they couldn't over. do wrong either. Yeah. Like right, so hilarious. Alexa Bliss and Bailey and whomever are absolutely going to stick to everything that they've been told. They won't go second over because they're too afraid to. Right, but so like they're already handcuffed well, before the thing even starts. He mentioned like it was a flop, like crickets. Not that that wasn't Bailey's fault, by the way. He said he didn't absolve Alexa Bliss from it, but he also didn't mention her by name. So I think that's why he said like Bailey, this is your life. Not that that was Bailey's fault, by the way, is what he said. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is good. That, like you realize by saying that he's like, oops. Yeah, well, <laughs> you see that. Why was he there, by the way? You mean why was Vince there? Yeah, that shouldn't. That seems very dangerous. <laughs> well, he's always there. He, why was... He's been there from day one. Yeah, but why? That's crazy. Because it's his company, and he's not going to not be there, and he's not going to ask people. This is the Vince thing. He has never asked anybody to do something he won't do himself. That's yeah. that's a total Vinceism. Like from the day one, he would he wouldn't ask people. Like when Shawn Michaels came down on that zip line at WrestleMania, Vince did it first. Like people were coming down from the roof. Vince did it first. Like he has always done things before he's ever asked anybody to do something dangerous. So yeah, but those people aren't sixty-five plus right now. Like in a time of a pandemic, well, like, Lawler's there. Lawler's almost seventy. I guess right? that's fair. You know what I mean? But he wasn't there. But Vince has to be there. He has to show that he knows the environment is safe enough because he's at probably the most risk outside of people who are sick, like Roman Reigns. He's at the most risk, so if he's there, it's got to be okay, isn't it? Like that's how his that's how his mentality works. I guess, and so. he's also probably very much like, I don't have anything else going on. I, my XFL is folded. I have to figure out a way to get the ratings back. He's super hands on with everything right now, and he needs to be there when the company's at its you know worst and trying to make it work. Like I totally understand why he's there. Do I think he should be there? Like you? No, probably not. Right. But you know, I get why he is. He's everywhere. You know, like he's all over the product as much as we wish he probably wasn't. Mm-hmm. So the Triple H thing, I wasn't I thought it was kind of interesting that he showed up and I didn't quite understand everything he was saying, but I wasn't at all surprised to see him there. I, I wasn't. And then I was like, wait a second. This seems 
unfortunate given the timing of things. But yeah, but I, I think sense. I think the fact that he's been around is part of the reason you hear so many wrestlers talk about how they're so comfortable, right? Like, yeah, nobody fair. wants nobody wants to, to be around Vince McMahon because I hear he's in a pretty moody mood. But like, if he's there, what can you say? You're a 30, 30 year old athlete in super shape, probably not sick. You're standing right next to a seventy five year old guy who probably is among the highest risk people. What are you complaining about? Like that's so that I'm sure that's part of the reason why some of these guys are like, I'm comfortable. He's here. I should be fine, right? He wouldn't make this safe for himself, so why would he make it unsafe for me? Like yeah, that's, I mean that that's probably sense. the deal. The only difference is that Vince isn't like wrestling with people, so he's not. There's no contact there. He can stay six feet away from everybody. That's the only real difference, I guess, when you're asking people to be competitive, but. Athletes are going to do it if they get back to sports. AEW's doing it. WWE's doing it. They're all doing it. So you can hate it or like it, but it is what it is. Um, News-wise, I guess we should probably talk about a couple more releases that happened here this week. Uh, Curtis Axel, Cain Velasquez, even though WWE hasn't actually officially acknowledged that they let Cain Velasquez go. Gerald Briscoe was furloughed. Um, Anybody else I'm missing? Uh, Curtis Axel, Briscoe... Yeah, 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 just I'm trying to go through my head. Uh, I don't think so. The big batch was already done, right? Cain Velasquez was an interesting one, like you said, but he wasn't really there anyway. So I guess <laughs> they could just revisit that down the line and say, okay, well, things are back to normal. We can bring you back in. Well, speculation was that they were, this is just rumor, but they were not very happy with him. <laughs> like that, huh. And the thing, the, the most funny part about the whole thing is that it wasn't his wrestling they weren't unhappy with because he was actually getting better at it. It was his stupid decision-making backstage. Like he hit an injury when he first signed. With WWE, he had a bum leg or bum knee or whatever that needed surgery and didn't tell anybody. Then he wasn't ready for the Royal Rumble, but when they were going to use him, he sort of spilled the beans on the idea that he was coming back to the Rumble, which spoiled the surprise, so then they pulled him from it. And then he tweeted a picture of him with Ronda Rousey at the WWE headquarters when they were there either talking contracts or doing something else, and WWE was pissed that he did that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, dude, <laughs> how many of these things do you want to do before WWE's like, seriously, we're paying you so much money to be this guy who just, all you got to do is keep your mouth shut, right? Like, don't ruin the surprise. And he did. And I'm sure between that and how much they were paying him, how much they were using him, and his, you know, little bit more greener experience as a wrestler, it's like, yeah, let's just move this contract along. Like, doesn't make sense to keep him, um, right. pay them this much money, right? Yeah, I, I didn't even realize he was still under contract. Like, I forgot. So Well, I don't quite understand how these contracts are working because... Like Ronda Rousey, for example, did she not sign like a three-year deal or something? Yeah, I, first I, are they still in? paying her? Like, what's the deal? Well, yeah, she did a year. She did WrestleMania, and she hasn't been on TV again since, but they're already talking about another contract with her. I'm like, well, wouldn't the other one still be valid? Like, are, yeah. was your contract with her a guarantee regardless of how much you used her or not? And if she decided she wanted to go home and have a family, that that was on you? Like, that doesn't make sense to me at all. I don't mm-hmm. quite get why they would be accepted. Like, if you can push everybody else's contracts over because they're not at, at the show and they've taken time off, well, you can just extend their contract. Why wouldn't you just do that with Rousey? Like, I don't... Clearly, they had a different deal with her or... Or the information's information. incorrect. Yeah. yeah I, I would like, assume that's probably what it is. Yeah, so it leads me to believe that at some point she will be back and just a matter of when and what they do with her. But, yeah, so who knows what's going on there. But, um, yeah, Kane was gone. Uh, Velasquez was gone anyway. Uh, Curtis Axel makes sense to me, but I don't know if that means anything about Bo Dallas. Um, 
you know, Gerald Briscoe was interesting, but I'm sure that was an age thing, a tenure thing, a salary thing. Yeah. Right. He's probably been there so long. He's making so much money. They're like, it just doesn't make sense. Is, yeah. Yeah. And they, uh, he's a scout at this point. What's Which he you scouting, can't do scouting right now? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, lots going on here. Uh, I would be surprised if a lot of the people didn't end up back. Well, the only one that I, I don't know, like some of these, the agent producers for sure. Like when they start traveling. Yeah, that's again. sort of been mentioned pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I don't know if the, the wrestlers will be. Oh, not know? the wrestlers, but I mean like the backstage stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely could see Drake Maverick. I don't know what they're doing. With I him think this is the work what they're doing right now. I just can't believe they would do that. You know yeah, what I mean? I mean it does like, seem weird. It seems really unethical and inappropriate. It does, but what's like yeah, yeah, because I guess this is different than the Mark Henry thing. The Mark Henry thing was all done on television. At this point, we'll never know either, right? Because they could say, "Well, we decided we're going to keep him because there's so much interest in him." Same like way Rockstar Spud, right? He was super popular in TNA. Yeah. Um, but how many times has TNA come up in, in the total like in our entire podcast of over a year versus just this episode? I just keep mentioning TNA for some reason. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, TNA just for the, it's the new Dolph Ziggler. Well, no, you but you get what I'm saying. Like the Mark Henry stuff, I don't know if I can compare that because because that's all on television. That well, wasn't, yeah, and not only that, but Mark Henry was never leaving, and he was the only one, right? Like they they teased the idea of his retiring, and I then he didn't saying. he didn't retire. Drake Maverick was let go with 30 other people who were legitimately fired. More than that, too. 30 other on-air people that well, we know about. Yeah, there 30 was hundreds, right? Yeah, there were over so all of these people go. who probably had the worst day because they were let go for real are now looking at Drake Maverick going, okay, you were lumped in with us and you weren't actually fired? Well, technically, like, he already wasn't already fired because he still had matches on. Con- like, no, but- well, they, the way that he talked about the video was he was let go. He talked WWE into letting him finish out his stuff. Like it would t- make total sense to me because Drake Mark is super smart. If yeah. he said, "Okay, I get it. You're releasing me. Makes sense. Can I at least finish out what you marketed me for in this tournament?" And then he probably hoped that in one or two matches he would get a good enough look that they might reconsider. Like right. that. That makes total sense to me. I agree. Right? But it wouldn't make sense to me. I mean, it, they could have done it, and I just don't know why they would do this. That they they were going to let him go, but. Now nah, we're not really going to let you go. We're just going to say we're letting you go, and then you can storyline work your way back into a job. Oh, but all these people are actually fired. Like it just—that yeah, seems so head inappropriate to me. Like it just that, and I, I can't imagine that he would—that would go over very well with his friends. Like if he knew that he was saying that. he'd been fired, but wasn't actually fired. Especially because he released the most emotional video of the bunch. Well, yeah, you know what I mean. I watched like, that whole thing three times, and I was like, man, he's this sucks. Like this guy is. Uh, through, like heart and soul through and through like worker is his career he's always not the I, biggest guy do i think he might stick around sure i could see that you know like i like the storyline i think it's a great storyline but, but you i don't think it was like predetermined I, I just hope it's organic yeah you know like it's not one of these things that they said oh hey we're gonna fire all these people we'll pretend to fire you just yeah. you know don't actually leave and <laughs> come back and we'll write this in like we never you know like i just uh, i can't even imagine how that would go over if that got out backstage and people realized that that's what they did. Like, that's just, it's rude to me. Right. But, and then the other one for me is Sarah Logan. I don't quite understand why they would have let her go considering her connection to the Viking Raiders. Well, and it's pretty obvious. she seems no, like a total no. natural fit there. <laughs> right? Yeah, no, I, I agree. And that you had the Viking Raiders and you had the right squad and you had ties across the, the board. That's kind of weird to, 
so randomly let her go. But I also don't know how permanent all these things are, like I said. It also is weird to me. Some people, like, there's no way she had a huge contract. But I guess if they had no immediate plans for her, that's probably what they're thinking. Do we have immediate plans for this person? No? Okay, well, they're gone. Yeah. But that's what I, I just don't quite understand why they couldn't have said, oh, hey, well, we're thinking about letting her go. Well, why don't we put her over here first? See how well, because they don't need to, because it's not something that's going to necessarily make them more money. It's just yeah, a situation. But, you know keep- what it, but what they're doing is they're, they're bringing couples and married people onto the same shows to keep them happy. Yeah, but you're doing that together. For, like Andrade and Charlotte and Black and, and uh, Zelina Vega. Vega. You're, you're not doing that for, I guess the Viking Raiders should be considered a top tag team. I don't know that there's any real top tag team. They did it with everybody. Know. They split up R-Truth and Carmella so that Carmella and Corey Grace could be together. Mm-hmm. They've done it with every single couple. There's not a single couple in WWE that is not on the same show right now. Which is pretty impressive, actually. <laughs> well, that's what they did it on purpose, right? Yeah. The only thing that happened here this these last couple of weeks that has happened before is they let Sean Spears go and Peyton Royce is his wife. And that was his request. And yeah, and, and Rusev, Rusev has gone and Lana's not. That was weird to me. Yeah, but I, I think that Lana likes WWE. She likes the money. She likes the spotlight. I don't think Rusev thinks the same way. There's also the potential that they spoke to some of these people and said, hey, do you want to be here long term? No? All right, we're going to just like let you off then. Like We're just going to let you go, and we'll see where that goes. Yeah. yeah we don't know the may- full details behind closed doors. The, all, all these people got a call from Carano and whoever else is making the calls. And Is it still Carano making the calls? I think it is. Yeah. Okay. Fred, like Eastlater said that he got called from him and other people called. Like, it was, yeah. it was Carano is usually calling everybody. Yeah, so I mean, it it sucks. It's the it's a job where I, I like that a lot of people who are in the industry, like pretty much everyone, knows that like guys like him, Johnny Ace, people that have had to be like that Grim Reaper position, it's not their fault. Like they're they have to be kind of a jerk to you. Like they're in a situation where like yeah, if I call you, I'm probably firing you. So yeah. of course you're not gonna like me. But they don't dislike them because of that. They're like I understand it's their job. Like that's their position, unfortunately. Which yeah, I, I don't. Hard. It's hard to I, have. I haven't heard anybody uh, blaming the fact that they actually got fired. No, like, I don't nope. think I don't think one like, person has come out and said that was stupid. Like, no. I think they understand the reality like, of why of they of let the, go. Yeah, but one, what, the industry and two, the company they're in uh, and three, the timing of it. Like things are going to happen. And for, there's hundreds of employees of this company, like uh, in ring talent we're talking about, yeah. right? So, of course, there's only so many that can be there. You have to eventually call the herd, which is weird because we've seen them holding on to so many people for so long that now all of a sudden they're getting rid of them. That's kind of weird to me. That's kind of where it doesn't sit right. But we know that there's ca- there's talent cuts every year. Every year there's talent cuts. Like well, a big group of them. This, this year is a little different because AEW. Right? Yeah. Like they, yeah. they did all those talent releases every year before AEW existed. And mm-hmm. then AEW popped up. And doing the talent releases, it virtually guaranteed that some of those people were moving over, and you didn't want that if you're WWE. So it makes sense to me why you would do that. Now, if you release everyone at the same time, and you do it during a pandemic where their money is not floating around for all these people, oh, and by the way, you have these 90-day non-compete clauses when people are shooting taped programs. And, I mean, strategically, it makes total sense because AEW is not taking everybody. And you've already seen now that some of the guys that they are taking, they're not doing the best jobs with, right? Like the buzz around Luke Harper, Brody Lee coming to AEW was so substantial. And what's actually gone on with him since he's got there has been such a letdown that maybe WWE is kind of like, okay, makes sense. Like I can see why we were worried about it, but look what's actually happening. 
it's not going to make or break their show, right? And so nothing will make or break their show. Like no, I mean a John Moxley or Chris Jericho does. I mean, sure, but those are like contract. I guess you're right. All right. You know, but none of those guys were released, but they wanted out, right? And so you could see why WWE was like super hesitant to do it. And they're just like, oh my gosh, like what happens if the revival goes over there and just superstars their tag team division? That won't happen. But the tag team division doesn't need them, but it would be over there. Well, and and their new name's about the lamest thing I think I've ever heard. (laughs) Like Dax Hardwood and Cash Wheeler and the Fear the Revolt. (laughs) Like it's terrible. It's a stupid, (laughs) it's dumb. All right. Are they going to be an awesome tag team? Yeah. Will the matches be insane? For sure. Right. But the the name is, you should have just come up with something new, called yourselves your own names or whatever. But these new names are awful. Like it's just, it's not going to, it's not going to do what people think it's going to do, which is be this huge hit home run. It's just not going to happen. But um, yeah, I could see why they didn't let some of these people go right away. But they are, they are still releasing people and I don't think they're done. I get the sense that there's going to be more coming because there was a lot of people who probably we figured and we won't go into names because I don't know if it's nice to predict somebody being no, fired, but I agree it's, uh, you know, there, I'm surprised there were a lot of names that stuck around. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah. Anything think, else yeah, we want to no, touch I mean, on? That, that, I was going to say, like, it, it's there's definitely certain names where you're like, well, I expect this person or that person because they're not using them very much. And they're still hanging on. And then there's some people like Rusev who you're like, well, I would never expect that. But also, he's got to be kind of happy. But yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Nothing else really stood out. Uh, we covered like the important stuff, I think. All right. Well, we'll leave it at that. We've been just close to an hour anyway. I'm sure we'll get a chance up to, on the next show to talk about the results for Money in the Bank. And we'll talk about... Do we want to do some predictions? More- Real I quick. think we kind of did, didn't we? I mean, we didn't really talk about the matches. I guess we can quickly run through who we think, but it's hard to do a prediction when you don't know everybody that's in the yeah. Money in the Bank ladder matches. We, like, we, we think it's AJ like... Styles, but we don't know that for sure. Yeah. I'll base it on the Wikipedia. How about that? That okay. way we can just say, like, whether it is or it isn't true, at least we had, like, some bear- okay. merit. Okay, Mon- men's Money in the Bank match. Dinah Bryan, Aleister Black, Rey Mysterio, King Corbin, Otis, and probably AJ Styles. Who you picking? Aleister Black. Me too. Cool. Well, that was fun. Okay, awesome. <laughs> Women, women's Money in the Bank match: Shayna Baszler, Nia Jax, Oscar, Dana Brooks, Lacey Evans, and Carmella. Who you this picking? This one is so much harder. They've been pushing Oscar through the moon. Shayna has been dominating everyone. Lacey Evans is in, kind of in a storyline right now, but the Money in the Bank lasts a year, so this gives them an out card to get her back in the title picture. So I'm definitely between those three. Uh, I would probably say Lacey Evans. Okay. My thought was Asuka, but I'm going to go Lacey Evans because Asuka and Shayna are more directly involved in the title pictures already, I think. And Lacey Evans, you can kind of give her that crutch of like getting there eventually. Yeah. Well, I, I'm going to go with Shayna Baszler only because the result of her holding the briefcase and being able to use it at some point oh, good call. is the most interesting part of that whole deal. Yeah, like, but like, imagine I would have uh, custom... put a little money on Carmella being the first person to win it three times. But okay. I think that's a little, maybe a bit of a, bit of a stretch. But uh, Shayna Baszler just hanging on to that briefcase and just threatening everybody with the fact that she can come and break your arm at any time and take your title from you. I think that I could like be that. a very, very fun storyline that they could push forward. Um, so that's my, my pick there. Drew McIntyre or Seth Rollins? McIntyre. I'm going to pick a no finish here. I think okay. I would say I McIntyre. No yeah, I know, but I would say McIntyre. But I just don't know that you want Seth Rollins to to be losing cleanly already. 
I don't like, know that it's clean. He lost to Roll. He lost to uh, Kevin Owens. It mean. Yeah. Are you saying no finish or a DQ? <sighs> yeah, maybe a DQ or just some sort of chaotic like something. But a DQ is the most likely of the no finish, right? Okay. Um, because Murphy gets involved, or there's new members to the Monday Night Messiah faction, right? Something happens, I think, where this this feud keeps going, and it doesn't quite end at Money in the Bank. Uh, Braun Strowman, Bray Wyatt. <laughs> that's the million dollar question, huh? Well, who the question is who's wrestling? Wyatt? Or yeah, Levine? that's the, yeah. I don't know. If I it's if it's Wyatt, I'm gonna go with Strowman. If it's the Fiend, I'm gonna go with the Fiend. Yeah, I would agree with that. Unless something else happens, like does Rowan get involved in some way? Do we visit that again for some reason? Did you say Rowan? Yeah. Well, he's been fired. Yeah. Well, we we think that. We also think like Drake he's Maverick's gone. been fired. <laughs> he's, Rowan's gone. <laughs> okay, Rowan, Rowan is Rowan is not like no disrespect to him, but he was never treated as important. The most important, th- the only, the most significant thing he got was that run with the spider in the cage, and then they revealed the spider and just dropped the storyline altogether. Yeah, like that's true. he's so irrelevant to what they're currently doing. He was that, just, I, I think he was good, but I think you're right. He was always just like a side piece to the story. Yeah, yeah. Again, there's no way. So was Braun Strowman. <laughs> yeah, but Braun Strowman was always that guy from the group that you knew was going to be the star. The the second he showed up, like Bray Wyatt is the star because he's yeah. Bray Wyatt and he's awesome. But Braun Strowman was that guy in Here's the, the Batista. Holy crap. <laughs> that yeah. guy's huge. Like, that guy's a monster. That guy's scary looking. That guy's everything you want WWE stars to look like in the old days. Like, he's he's got all that about him. And then, by the way, he proved to actually be quite the personality. So, yeah, he's. I never, ever thought that of Luke Harper and Eric Rowan. I just okay. figured they were accent pieces, right? Um, so, Bailey and Tamina, I don't understand how Bailey doesn't win this thing. Well, I think Sasha Banks is involved somewhere. I think this match is just to keep setting up that feud. So I sure, don't, I mean, but I, I don't I know why Bailey losing it. Yeah, I, Bailey doesn't. I can't the imagine why Sasha Banks would help Tamina win the title. No, 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 she's like, not going to win the title. I think Bailey wins and keeps the title somehow. Whether it's disqualification, whether it's pinfall, submission, whatever it is, but Bailey, that Sasha's involved somehow. Yeah, but but I'm saying it's if Sasha's involved, she's she's involved in a way that guarantees Bailey doesn't lose the belt. Sure, right, but because she wants to wrestle her for the title. So if yeah. she turns on Bailey, she turns on her with the championship so she can go after it. That's Yeah, what I don't think at. she wants to face Tamina either. So why would you give her the title and then make it harder to win the title? Yeah. yeah. Other than that, we don't know the other matches. We assume that there's going to be a tag match. Let's um, say it's a fatal four-way match that Wikipedia says. New Day, Miz Morrison, uh, Forgotten Sons, and Lucha House Party. I'm going to go Miz Morrison. They're going to win it again. Yeah, because I think... Not only did they take it too early, I think they still like the Ms. Morrison combination. I think it's popular, and they like. But I also think that they want New Day to be the nine-time champions, and the only way to do that is to take the belts off of them, because right now they're tied with the Dudleys, and they want the New Day to be the most winning tag team in the history of WWE. You got to have them lose it one more time and win it back again. Yeah, so, but I feel like they're trying to build something towards Ms. Morrison breaking up and like Morrison turning heel on Ms. Sure, but that's it's too soon for that. Yeah, but they've already been setting it up. Like, well, Morrison won his WrestleMania match, and then Miz lost the titles, and then lost the next week again. And but they haven't really like pushed towards that being like a downfall between the team yet. So that's why I'm kind of confused with what they're doing with it. I uh, yeah, I agree. I think that's what they're doing. I just think they're going to do it over a longer period of time. Mm-hmm. Like they're still capitalizing on their theme songs and their chemistry together. And all. So they're going to really build that up, and then they're going to split those two and. 
it'll be a ways from now, but they will do it. It's just, I don't think it's yet. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's my pick. If that match happens, I'm going to go Miz and Morrison or the New Day. New Day retains, but Miz and Morrison would be my more likely choice. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. We'll have to see. We'll go back to this one when we revisit the podcast next time to see who gets what. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're we're just over an hour now, so we'll we'll leave it at that. Um, we'll remind everybody where they can hear this. They can download it on Anchor.fm. Go to thesportster.com, wrestlingwriteups.com. They can check it out on the Facebook page, Sportster, or Facebook.com, Sportster, any podcast platform. Yeah, you know, Apple, Apple Podcasts, Podcast, Google yeah, Play, Stitcher, and Podbean. It, yeah. Download it, subscribe to it, give us some feedback on it, all that fun stuff. Uh, until next week or you know a couple weeks after that we'll do one right after the pay-per-view sure. um we'll we'll get back together and we'll do another one but i appreciate you coming on and we will uh, talk to you later bud hey.